Why This Film, the podcast where we reach back into your childhood, pluck out a movie, give it a rewatch, and have a chat about it. I'm Emily Slade, and welcome back. You watched it so many times before, and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it, and now you show it to your friends, and they're like, What? What am I watching? Why? What? Why? Why Why this film? And I'm joined today again by James. Hello. Hi, Emily. Glad to be back. Thank you for having me. Welcome back. Uh, Very exciting. We're continuing the trend uh, and we're heading over to 1998's Pokemon, the first movie, a.k.a. Pokemon... Uh, Mewtwo versus Mew. Uh, the IMDb breakdown: Scientists genetically create a new Pokemon, Mewtwo, but the results are horrific and disastrous. <laughs> um, great breakdown there. So, why this film? Well, from my last appearance, I don't know if I gave it away, but <laughs> I kind of like Pokemon and. Um, it was mainly the first two, which I watched in heavy rotation during my childhood. And since I talked about the second one, I was l- happy to be back to do the first one. And I have fond memories of going to the cinema to watch this and literally having to queue around a block just to get in. And I remember getting the Pokemon cards, which I lost and then bought years later off eBay for a couple quid. And I remember re-watching the video and I just loved this film. It was everything a Pokemon fan could want. Well, mostly, mostly <laughs> everything. I'll get into that later. Um, yeah. What did you think of this? Yeah, I was really excited because this was the one that like everyone talks about and everybody knows and it's got a very famous ending. I was surprised at how short it was. Um, and that within that, there sort of wasn't... It's crazy. Okay, okay. So, it like, so my version on Amazon Prime opened with Mewtwo's Origins, but, like, a cut version. It wasn't the prolonged um, emotional... <laughs> I'll put a pen in that. Um, uncut version. So I ha- it, it, like, it opens with this like i was like fuck me like pokemon did not need to go this hard it's like we are creating life and mewtwo is like what is my purpose and he like burns everything to the ground i was like fucking hell this is gonna be awesome and then within five minutes we're back to like ash misty and brock are having some lunch (laughs) they're like (laughs) pikachu i'm hungry and you're like oh no here it is here's pokemon um and then, yeah, it's that bizarre mixture of the two tones where one is like Splice meets Frankenstein meets like God knows what and Pokemon. Um, so it was really fun. It was really interesting, the decision that they took, even though I read that it's a completely different story to the Japanese cut. Um which is interesting. Have you seen the Japanese cut? No. Um, it seems like the Japanese originals, especially for these earlier films, are much more difficult to find. Mm. And if you want to, well, if you want to watch 
these uh, Americanized dubs, then you need to get the more recent versions, which come with the two-minute short, but it doesn't come with what what was on the theatrical release and on the original DVDs and videos where they would put the little short film beforehand and that would be part of the runtime. Mm. So before so before this, there was um, Pikachu's Vacation originally, which is like a 20-minute short of just Pikachu and Pokemon going on a holiday, but they encounter other Pokemon and it becomes a whole dick measuring contest between these Pokemon and and yeah. that's did you manage to watch um Pikachu's vacation I sort of skipped through it again I um I didn't watch the whole thing because I only remembered that it existed like five minutes before we were about to go on air and I was like shit 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 so I sort of skipped through and I was like okay there's nothing about Mew there that just looks like Pikachu having a good time some Pokemon cried in it. I didn't know if that was relevant to the plot, as that seemed to be a huge plot point. No, this is pretty much like what Pixar do, where they put a short beforehand, but it's unconnected ah. to the actual film. Like, pretty much Pikachu's Vacation is... It has dashes of silent cinema, a bit of a wildlife documentary, part comedic farce. It's just Pokemon on holiday away from those pesky humans. And <laughs> yeah. it's it's pretty much a David Attenborough documentary meets Baby's Day Out. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out afterwards. Um, yeah. Pokemon away from those pesky humans. I mean, we went into it a little bit with Pokemon too, but goodness me does this movie present even more problems on those accounts. It's it's so funny. The sort of... I think Mew is a really great villain and apparently in the Japanese version he was a bit more existential and a bit more trying to find his place within the universe whereas America just made him a full-on villain which is fine but then his turnaround is so abrupt that it sort of gives you whiplash and then what lessons they present are like heavy-handed and don't make any sense within the realms of the universe but it's i can also see why this was an emotional crux for many people because this is the pokemon movie where ash fucking dies <laughs> and like not only does he die he turns into stone and pikachu does this like simba bullshit where he's like ash ash wake up trying to like push him and i was like oh my god it's like mufasa all over again um that must have been traumatizing to a child. Oh, yeah. Just the sight of, oh, yeah, this is your hero. He's trying to help all these Pokemon. He's trying to punch Mewtwo, despite how futile it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, he gets in the middle of all this blast and turns into a fucking fossil. <laughs> oh, Pikachu's trying to electrocute him, but no, he has to cry. He's not good enough to save him. And... It's just like, what yeah, the yeah, fuck? It's, it's crazy. I, you're presenting this to a... <laughs> I was like six, seven. <laughs> and like, Jesus don't get me wrong, I love it. And I actually love felt it. And I actually that for a kid's thing, thing, it lasts quite a long time. You either go full Mufasa, mm. where, it's like, Mufasa um, where it's like, you know, Mufasa's um, only dead for like you know, 20 Mufasa's minutes and you see him in the clouds or whatever. So that's probably the longest and most final in terms of childhood death. In terms of childhood death. Usually when a character dies in a kid's thing, they're brought back to life literally. Instantaneously. Literally Whereas instantaneously. we have a 
good for you, like long shots you, like Pikachu trying to like resurrect him with electricity, and everyone just looking at Ash's corpse, looking at Ash's corpse, like, and it goes on. And it for goes quite on. a long time if you're like for quite aged a long nine. time if you're because like, like a minute is like half an hour because when you're nine. And this lasts like two minutes. So the death is like an hour long for a nine year old. Whereas usually a death would be like thirty seconds. Whereas usually a death would be like thirty seconds. So yeah, I was like, this is fucking dark. Yeah, I was And it already was dark with the whole Mewtwo thing. And it was even before I got to Mewtwo's uncut origin story where like Mewtwo's uncut origin story. Cried. Like, like what the hell was that? I fucking cried. Like what the hell was that? See, that is such a core part of the story because you get you feel a bit more sympathy for Mewtwo as yeah, he's with these friends and you see Dr. Fuji's ultimately trying to do this because he wants to resurrect his dead daughter. And what do they do for the VHS when they port it over? Oh, the research team find Mew's eyelash. Nothing of the emotional core. And it's an hour, ten minutes, hour and a half with the Pikachu short. You can't fit in that key bit of backstory. Literally. And it would make more sense as well for his turnaround at the end because he ends his origin story like, um, oh, like, what is what is life? Like, what... <laughs> And, and and it's important. I know that life is important. That's what I've learned. And then they give him this serum to make him forget. So then when we see him in the full length version of the movie, he's a bit like, what is happening? But it would make sense to trigger something and be reminded of Amber. Maybe Ash reminds him of Amber. or Like they could have tied it in to make his turnaround a bit more um, meaningful and grounded. Whereas... As it is, Mew's just sort of like, ah, oh, all the Pokemon cried. Guess I'm good now. Uh, you, you know what? You can blame Four Kids Entertainment for that. Well, they... you can blame them for a lot of things. Oh you? yeah, I know you're a One Piece fan. Are you yeah. familiar with what they did with the original dub? And yeah, it was the f- it was my first introduction to to One Piece. Just my friend being like, look at this bullshit. <laughs> um, where like Sanji, who's constantly smoking, now has like a lollipop instead, and they took out all the violence. And like One Piece isn't for children. <laughs> like it's I can not. one up that Pokemon had um, rice balls, which they would sometimes edit out and put in sandwiches, or other times keep the rice balls in and have the characters call them jelly donuts. Oh, for God's sake! Like, you will not learn of others' cultures and cuisines. You will not. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there is only, as far as I can remember, there's only one change four kids made, which I'll agree with, which there was an episode set in the Safari Zone, which has this cranky old man who's running it. And his kind of gag little quirk thing he does is he points guns in everyone's faces, which would play a lot differently in for American-speaking audiences than it would yeah. be for Japan-speaking audiences. Yeah. And I've, I say fair enough for cutting that episode, although that's also the episode where Ash catches his 30 Kotoroses. So in the dub, it's just a case of one episode, he doesn't have them. The next, oh, yeah, he suddenly has all this uh... load of Pokemon, and you have <laughs> no context for why. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. No, that's a very good idea. And I think it would have played okay in Britain because we often like if you go to the countryside and it's like farmers, farmers, mums have guns. But um yeah, in America that's just like, ah, oh, what are you doing? Um so yeah, that's a that's a good choice. Um oh, yeah. yeah, like four kids are so funny i guess they were just like it's in our name we can't no we we have a shut up give us your things and we'll ruin them so was it their decision to cut mewtwo's origins yeah they wanted to cut the film down and uh the former president of four kids production norman j grossfeld he wanted mewtwo to be portrayed more maliciously because in his words he wanted american audience that they felt American audiences needed to see a villain that was quote-unquote clearly evil rather than a more morally ambiguous one so yeah it's that whole thing of kids can't handle this when you're really just talking down to them so that's why we got a message about clones rights to exist and it becomes fighting Yeah, it's so existential and thoughtful and, like, fucking hell, it's so heartbreaking. Like, honestly, when I was watching the full-length version and this doctor was like, ah, finally, we'll have made the most powerful Pokemon in the world. Um, I was like, okay, uh, cool, there's some conversations that could have been had here, but I guess we're not going to have them. And then you watch the uncut version and you're like, all of these conversations are swimming around and there is a little girl called Amber who is totally okay with her own death and existence and fucking made me weep. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty substantial part to just leave on the cutting room floor for and audiences don't see until it's dubbed for like i don't know five years or something stupid like that it's oh my god fucking four kids i'd just drill it down to that literally it's and it's really unfair um as you said like it is just talking down to children like children are much more mature and fascinated with things like death than i think adults perhaps realize or or maybe want them to be. Um, and there's some really great conversations had that are established in the in the uncut version. But um, yeah, they're all just wiped out for for fighting. Which let, I mean, let's go into it. I mean, the whole not it's not controversy, but very famously in the first Pokemon movie, there's this huge battle where he makes all the clones fight all of the normal Pokemon and only Pikachu refuses to fight and it causes his Pokemon clone to sort of almost weaken and be like, fight back, damn it! Whereas the others are all just sort of fighting. And the humans spend like five minutes watching a Pokemon battle, which is something we've had previously in this movie and something we're accustomed to in the Pokemon world, going, fighting is bad. Fighting's not good. I don't think fighting is... Oh, I'm sad now. And then um, Mewtwo kills Ash and is suddenly like, oh shit, uh, fighting's bad, I guess. Takes all of his clones, all the Pokemon cry, and they resurrect Ash. Mewtwo flies away, and then makes everyone forget the lesson they just learned, which I guess makes sense in the fact that what, a Pokemon born to fight? Or is that just something that humans make them do? I mean, like, <laughs> in the Pikachu's um, 
vacation sort short, it very much comes down to Pikachu mm. and his Pokemon, like Ash's Pokemon that he's allied with, come across this other group of Pokemon and they just like rivals glaring the whole time and having like these uh, these swimming contests and just like attacking each other and they're pretty much right. it's not like the battles where they're like shoot your razor leaves at each <laughs> other use your yeah. flamethrowers at each other it's very much more of a i'm better than you and i'm gonna prove it kind of thing mm-hmm. and i'm sure there are i there's a lot of pokemon i haven't watched a lot of it for a while uh, but i am sure there are instances yeah. uh, where pokemon Vibe. battle each other without trainer in sight yeah. where that's just the whole Vibe. the whole thing of their wildlife their nature so then why install a message that fighting is bad for animals that are predetermined to fight each other. As a massive fan who has nothing but love for this franchise, it boggles my mind that they chose a message for their very first film, which ultimately goes against a lot of what the franchise is about. I mean, Brock literally says, why can't Mewtwo understand it's wrong to make Pokemon fight? Honestly? I'm just like, this fucking dub, what the (laughs) fuck are you doing? Honestly, it's like, what do you mean, Brock? You were totally fine when Ash sent his Squirtle against that other guy's fucking rock monster 15 minutes ago. Like, what? And like, I didn't know if there was meant to be a thing where like, this guy turns up and and challenges Ash to a competition and he, he has all of these like spiky, scary Pokemon and Ash keeps sending his like baby Squirtles and Pikachus at them. And every time they win, the, I mean, I guess the loser's Pokemon are like passed out anyway. So he just returns them to the ball. But every time they win, Ash is very much like, come here for a hug, Squirtle. You did so good. Well done. Have some bacon. So we were meant to think that Ash treats his Pokemon with more friendship and respect. But then when you see the other Pokemon trainers, they're also acting as if they're like actual pets. And then what's horrible about that is that, I, I, I and we see it in this movie that Mewtwo does it, and I assumed this was the thing, if you win against a Pokemon, if you win a Poke Battle, do you get to keep the other person's Pokemon? No, that's never a thing. Mewtwo's oh, okay. just did it because he wanted to, he wanted to pretty much and capture them and make his clones the superior with their, what he thinks is inferior originals not to stand in their way. No, the only thing you get when you beat a Pokemon trainer in the games is a bit of money. Right. And in in the anime, it's just a case of, well, that was a good battle, well done, and be on their way. You never get to capture the other person's Pokemon. That is never a thing. Right. Okay, cool. That makes more sense because I was like, fucking hell, that's like an emotional tie you have to break and then retrain and yeah, it's all just very, um, I don't think you meant to think about it kind of vibes. There is not much Team Rocket in this movie at all. No, um, since our last conversation, I've gone back through more of the Pokemon films and there is a case of they include Team Rocket less and less. Yeah. Like a lot of sometimes it's just a cameo appearance or these are fan favorites. So let's include them here. And mm. 
I was a bit surprised how, yeah, they don't really, I, apart from the whole bit with the rowboat and them examining the laboratory to get some behind the scenes knowledge for the viewers, they don't really have an impact on the plot. Which I'm glad that they used those guys to do it rather than like a one of the random pokey trainers that we just met. Um, but yeah, that it, like it just seems interesting that they were not there in a villain capacity at all, really. We weren't meant to see them as a threat. Like they literally had the opportunity at one point to kidnap Pikachu and they didn't. Instead, they referenced, who's that Pokemon? Um, so... Yeah, I mean, when is Meowth's Netflix comedy special out? Because he has the best lines, obviously, even though he's, like, rarely used. Um, I love him. I think he's the best. And I love that even his clone is like, I'm not going to fight you. I'm chill. Meow, meow. And when Meowth's faced with the opportunity for fighting, he doesn't see the point of it. So they just sit down and Meowth's like, maybe if we start looking at what's the same instead of what's different, well, who knows? And I'm just like... Meowth is bringing down the truth bombs. That's Literally. right. Meowth just said, fuck racism, trans rights, gay yeah. rights. He is just a, a little Bostonian ally. It was so funny. Like, they both, they're the only Pokemon that don't battle in any way. And they just sit and look at the stars. And Meowth's like, wow, the sky really is pretty. It's like they'd eaten some, like, hash brownies or something. I was like, God, Meowth, like. All right, even Pikachu's like in the ring, which when the Pokemon are fighting, they play this like pop song over the top of it where it's like, brother fighting brother. It's like very on the nose and it doesn't fit what I'm watching because I have yet, they haven't installed the message yet. So at the moment it's just a fight scene, but they're trying to get in early with the fact that you're supposed to think it's bad. So they put this pop song over the top when really it should be music that's like, or whatever. But instead it's like a little like, peace and love kind of thing. And you're like, what? I don't, they're just fighting. I haven't, and only then afterwards are people like, fighting's bad. Would you be surprised to know that's a dub choice by four kids? I'm not even. I was like, America, <laughs> stop. Same way to just say, have you seen what's on the soundtrack for this film? No. Okay. Now, a couple of these are put over the end credits, but these are the artists who are on the soundtrack for this Pokemon movie. <clears throat> we have Christina Aguilera, whose song <laughs> plays over the end credits, as yes. does Emma Bunton's. No way! And the ones which are on the soundtrack, but not in the film at all, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Bewitched, and Billy Piper. How fucking 90s is that lineup? Like, bloody hell for kids. They were like, right, we need the entirety Mickey of the Mickey Mouse Club uh, in our soundtrack. Just get them all. <laughs> like, oh my God. I thought I recognised the end credits song. It was lovely and forgettable. Um, but very familiar. So good job for kids. They really had their um, fingers on the pulse. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we're going to keep this relevant. Um, yeah, so that was very strange. There's a whole bit where they kidnap Nurse Joy, and I 
like didn't care at all. <laughs> um, why I think did you do Mew that, Mewtwo? Mewtwo says something out. Like he needed her Pokemon knowledge to. Why? I don't you know. know I honestly like don't know. Omnipotent Mewtwo, like what? And <laughs> when Brock's looking at the poster for the missing Nurse Joy and says, she looks familiar. And it's like, they all look the same. Everyone Are you fucking has kidding the me? same face, Brock. <laughs> like... You wouldn't look at identical quintuplets and say, that one looks familiar. Literally. Um, Jesus. It's like she has the same face as Misty, Brock. She has the same face as Ash, Brock. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, there's one character design and you're the only one that goes any different. Um, yeah, a lot of fun female characters that get like two lines. There's that um, officer police woman. And I assume these are characters from the TV show that have been put in the movie in a sort of like, hey, what's up way. Not um, the harbour master, but oh, okay. Officer Jenny is like Nurse Joy's, where there's one in everywhere in Pokemon, and they all right. look the same. Okay. It's like, nice. what are up with those families? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, the, like, woman that's, like... <laughs> so I expected it to be some, like, harbour captain. And she steps forward, and she's like... None of you can go out. The storm is the worst. It's like the winds of change and it's a legendary, terrible storm that only the tears of Pokemon can stop. And I was like, sorry, is this scientific or is this mythological? And she's like, no, you cannot. And then some people try and get to the island anyway using their Pokemon. And she runs out onto the pier and she's like, no. And then two seconds later, she's like, they will be great Pokemon masters. Godspeed, my friends. It's like, sorry, I thought you didn't want anyone to travel. And now you're like, they're the coolest because they're forcing travel. Like, what are your principles, lady? <laughs> so weird. My principles are exposition and motivational <laughs> speeches to camera. Literally. It's very odd and like it's like they couldn't quite think of a plot because there's a lot of moments in this movie that are like, we need to stretch the runtime, so I guess we'll make a storm and then we'll have like seven minutes of people battling the storm and you're like, this is not interesting. Um, Mewtwo, a cloned Pokemon uh, arguably human hybrid is over on an island of his own creation like fucking Elsa in the mountains storming the weather like a fucking X-Man and you want me to watch this man ride a sea dragon through a storm take me to the fucking Frankenstein castle and show me all of the cool shit that you've got there. Like, all of the designs of that castle, there better have been a fucking toy playset. It's like a snail with, like, tubes coming out. The way that they're cloned and the way that they're birthed. Like, it's just so... Such a fun mixture of, like, organic animal and like science lab and it's like grimy and dripping and he makes nurse joyce wear this like victorian gown and like it's so cool and we don't spend enough time there it's true it is a great design place and i didn't realize me too had such great architect architect uh, architect 
architecture is that the word yeah like architectural skill he's an architect well, he's a I good just architect up my gag. i'm glad i fucked up <laughs> it's um it's so it's so good and i wanted to see him like make it mm. you know i want it like because it's called new island so i assume like he invented it um because then it's gone when he leaves and again, for someone who's like psychic, he never once feels the presence of Team Rocket, um, which is fine because it means that they're like they go undetected and then they get to stay on the island afterwards because he doesn't transport them back. But so does that mean he doesn't wipe their memory? Um, I don't know. At the end, Team Rocket saying like, I don't know why we're here, but this is a great place and. I think it's more of a in a vicinity thing. Like maybe everyone who was on the island, he wiped their memory. Yeah. And that's, that's mm. although it's very interesting. It makes sense when you go to the original text that he's wiping their memories to so they so him and his clones can live in peace. But when you've got a message attached, which could fundamentally alter this franchise, then it's just like, what was the fucking point of that? literally so dumb so unnecessary um doesn't make any sense what's interesting is that mew the original to the original that mewtwo wants to defeat mm. he's characterized with such childlike wonder and the dub has him give a whole real strength comes from your heart kind of speech translated by meowth i loved i loved that <laughs> Mew's not like that in the original. In the original, his whole thing is original Pokemon are real and you're all going to lose. So that's a change I actually liked. Yeah. It makes him seem less like a cocky git. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, made him a lot more sort of um charming and whimsical. I love that. It's like this heartfelt speech to Mewtwo where he's like sticking up for the other Pokemon and it's And you're like, what? And luckily Team Rocket are there to be like, what? And Meowth's like, because this is the thing. We should have got like a psychedelic, like a, I don't know, like how Mewtwo can speak without, um, can speak, etc. Uh, like, I feel like Mew almost should have had that power as well. And it'd come through and be like, a true Pokemon strength comes from its heart. Instead, we get Meowth being like, well, he's saying a true Pokemon strength. Come on, it's not quite the same. <laughs> but I love it because I'm here for Meowth um, forever. He is a little gem. Uh, originally, um, they had to... Originally, they were going to tie this film into the anime a lot more. Mm. Like, they had episodes which were specifically going to set things up. But... Um, Something happened. Um, are you aware of the infamous Porygon episode? No, I don't think so. Right. This is a tangent, but it is connected, I promise. Okay. So, in some episodes, they had scenes which you see in the opening, when, like, Mewtwo's working for Giovanni, when he escapes, and you see it in the actual anime in some episodes. And there's meant to be more tie-ins, but the episodes were delayed due to this Porygon episode, which only aired in Japan, and it had an instance where Pikachu uses a Thunderbolt attack on some missiles, which causes an explosion that gave off red and blue flashing lights, and this reportedly caused epileptic seizures across Japan, with, oh. get this, 
685 viewers were taken to hospital because of it. Mm. Now, it's been 24 years since that episode first aired in Japan. It has never aired in any country since. And there's been over 1,100 episodes and over 20 films since then. And Porygon and its evolutions have never played a main role in the anime to this day. You know, Porygon got the blame, but Pikachu was the cause of those epileptic seizures. And they can't sideline Pikachu because he's the mascot. So Porygon got the short end of the stick. And this incident caused the anime to go on a four-month hiatus. And such a delay meant that they couldn't tie it in as much as they wanted to. So they had to expand the opening to fill in some of the blanks. And yeah, that's a whole fucking thing. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so funny. That's like such a trope that Japanese cartoons give you like seizures or whatever. I think that's could because of that Pokemon because episode. Because of that Pokemon episode. That's so interesting. Because mm, that aired in 97, I, I believe it is. And yeah, it, we still get stuff like that on The Simpsons and that. Yeah. Yeah, that's immediately what I thought. <laughs> um, that's crazy. Did uh, did you read about the Burger King controversy tie-in for this movie? I don't think I did, actually. Um, oh, boy. What was it? Um, so to tie in with this movie, Burger King released a very expensive um, campaign where in your Happy Meal, well, in your like Burger King kids meal, you would get a Pokeball that opened and had either a gold card or a little like Pokemon in it. Um, but uh, the, the, so the Pokeball would like split open in half so you would have two halves. And it was just big enough to fit over the mouth and nose of an infant and if you sucked in, it would cause a vacuum and it would like strap itself to your face, essentially. So there was an incident of a child that was found dead in their playpen with this Pokeball over their face. They were asked, Burger King were instantly asked to recall the product. They refused, saying that they wanted to ensure that, you know, it was the Pokeball that caused the death and not anything else because there were no signs on it about it being a choking hazard. And then gradually, as they kept delaying the recall, more and more children died from suffocation uh, using these Pokeballs, which is fucking insane. And there was statements out at the time where they were like, we have never worked with a company that haven't immediately recalled the product in the way, like, because Burger King are like, but it was expensive, but Pokemon's in cinemas right now. And they were like, children are dying. And they were like, but Pokeballs. Um, so yeah, there was a lawsuit between all of the parents of all the children that had died that was sort of just like um, settled outside of court with a sum of money that was never disclosed. And yeah, so like, I assume going forward, I didn't read anything about it, but I assume going forward that Burger King would just fucking put choking hazard or like don't give to your four-month-year-old infant alone in their playpen or just like make better toys like um yeah it's horrible because the little pokemon that came in the ball was not a hazard like no one was swallowing them and choking on them it was these balls that would get like lodged onto their faces and cover their nose and mouth and they would suffocate um Um. completely completely bizarre 
But uh, yeah, so that's the the Burger King controversy. Um, wow. <laughs> for Pokemon, the first movie. <laughs> uh, awful, horrible. Honestly, when Mewtwo awakens, and um, after all he's been through in that opening, I kind of don't blame Mewtwo for having such a grudge against humanity. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Like, <laughs> Giovanni turning up, or whatever his name is, and being like, let's be partners. And then instantly he's like, you are my slave now. And Mewtwo's like, fuck that. And he's like, no, slave, stop, be my slave. And Mewtwo's like, I'm fucking burn this place to the ground. Woo! Fuck really yeah. Like, he, like, blows up his creators. It's quite like devastating he like in this little kids movie about pokey creatures he like wipes out this laboratory and is standing amidst the flames as this man helicopters down who has a very nice pokemon it's like a dog with like a gem in its head big fan oh that's a cat that persian is the one meowth evolves into oh nice love it um yeah big fan of that didn't do anything because then Mewtwo immediately was like, I kill you. And then um, that subplot was over. And he went and made New Island. But yeah. That image of him flying away from Giovanni, like shedding its armor as though it's rid- ridding itself from the shackles of its oppressors. Oh, it's a powerful image. It's and so powerful. yeah, when he's m- made it to be manipulated to be a slave for Giovanni and told that is just not really a living being and something to be experimented on i it's no wonder mewtwo's like fuck humanity but then why does he take it out on the pokemon as well that's what i don't understand i'd have thought he wanted the pokemon and and would be like come and live with me free on this island away from humanity and then he would make to kill the humans rather than being like I'm going to clone your Pokemon and then return them to you. His rationale in the film was that these po- essentially these Pokemon have embarrassed themselves by aligning themselves with you lot. And I don't want any of that weakness along with me. So it's like he's trying to create his own pure set of clones free of the toxicity from humanity as yeah, he perceives it. makes sense, actually. Okay. Yeah, fair enough, Mewtwo. Go for it. It's a bit of a god complex after that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think it it did. It exceeded my expectations, I think. I was excited to get to the big old Pokemon slap fight with everyone sort of going, oh no. And I was excited to see how Ash died because I didn't really know the the ins and outs. And I was very... um, interested and happy to see such a dark uh, undercurrent and i i wish we could get hold of the japanese version and and see the more complex storyline that came with that i mean they did do a remake on netflix of this film it was okay it was released i think i can't it was either last year or the year before that and it's a CGI remake, which Ooh. essentially recreates the films and goes to the original saw the original text of the film. And weirdly, it's like it's like 20, 30 minutes longer than this yeah. film, despite being a remake. And <laughs> classic. As a fan, I give it credit for going to the original stuff, but it also feels like what 
2019's The Lion King was to the original animated one. Yeah. And so I'd recommend it for completionists or people who are interested, but I wouldn't say go out your way to watch this. Yeah, it looks... um... I don't like how it looks. (laughs) No, it's It's, um, not. It's like shit CGI. It's not not shit, it's just... God, it's like shot by shot remake, pretty much. Essentially, yeah. Interesting. I mean, no, you I have a <laughs> you have a bit more of Brock hits on the woman in um in Mewtwo's lair. Yeah, I was I was happy to have less of that because I remember you saying that Brock filled that classic anime trope of the guy that fancies the women all the time, and there was a couple lines where he was like, "She's hot, she's hot." She's hot, but it sort of stayed at that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, thank God. At least in the anime, when Brock comes out with that bullshit, you usually have Misty or somebody who just drags him off by the ears saying, stop being such a bloody pest. And... Yeah, yeah. Fuck off, Brock. No mm. one wants you. So at least yeah. someone's there to put him in his place and and dissuade him against that behaviour. Yes, very true. But it's tiresome. And I loved seeing Misty's little... I think I must have said this in the previous episode because every time I see her, I'm like, are we Misty's little starfish in an egg? Um, Oh, Togepi in a little backpack? Every time it speaks and it's like, (laughs) and I'm like, ah! I respond to it. I'm like a child. Whenever it like popped its head out and went, I would sit there and watching the movie going, um, I don't do it with Pikachu, weirdly, but with that one, I'm just like, yes, three, three, <laughs> you're adorable, you little starfish in an egg. Like, it doesn't look like any other Pokemon that I've ever come... What does it evolve into? Does it evolve into the big star? No, it's um basically, at this point in the anime, you had the original 150 Pokemon, like, mm. every kid knew this is what there is, and then what they would do is they would pepper in other little pokemon which are going to be set going to be more heavily in the next generation okay. so in this film you had Donphan, the first pokemon that the cheating pirate ash face battles mm-hmm. at the beginning mm-hmm. that bulbasaur atta- beats its ass with its uv <laughs> solar beam or whatever yeah. that one what I, I remember being a kid when that one came up i'm like wait that's not one of the original 151. Ooh. Who the hell is that? <laughs> and just being fascinated until they announced it was a new one for the next game in the next generation. And Togepi's like that because ah. when originally Ash and Co. gets Togepi as an egg, and then when it hatches, they're like, I don't know what that Pokemon is. And yeah. Misty carries it around like a little baby because it's yeah. so adorable. It and is you don't really get any info about who that Pokemon is or what it evolves into until the next generation. And I am glad Togepi didn't get captured in one of those awful, veiny, black, red-eyed Pokeballs because I could not handle evil Togepi trying to beat up that cute little egg. Yes, oh my God, I don't want to see Togepi getting slapped about by, like, nega Togepi. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> not a vibe. I felt really bad for the Psyduck. Is it that it feels pain that it it gives? Because it looked like the Psyduck would slap the other Psyduck and then both Psyducks would be like, Psyduck. Um, See, Psyducks t- 
tends to be a really powerful Pokemon with powerful psychic attacks. But to get to that point, it has to give itself a headache. And oh. it's it's very much a little dopey little Pokemon that's so lovable, that Misty loves, but yeah. also infuriates her because it's not good in battle until until it's been like attacked or something. Oh. So Psyduck attacking each other and then grabbing their head is just them like, hit. Oh no, I'm dopey. It's just very much in that dopey aesthetic the Pokemon's been set like, up with. It was like the Eeyore of the group. Like wherever it went, it was just like clutching its head, going, Sai! Sai! I was like, take him to therapy! He's not okay! Someone tuck him in! Whereas, like, and it was like horrible seeing Pikachu in such peril. Mm. as well and like i was a little bit like all right ash like i get it you're the fucking chosen one you're amazing all of these other poker trainers have these like incredibly advanced well-trained hardcore pokemon and you've got like a baby squirtle who's somehow managing to evade capture longer than all of these other hardcore pokemon same with pikachu pikachu's just like fucking the harry potter of pokemon um and just yeah as an adult watching a movie that could have easily have been very complex and dark to have Ash's Pokemon be like, we're so good, even though they're not even trained that well. You're like, all right, Ash, shut up. <laughs> See, Ash and his Pokemon have very much a partnership where Ash won't force them to evolve to become like Aww. the bigger versions. It'll yeah. be if they want to. So, so a lot of the time, Ash will just leave them in their original form so they're small but they'll, they can still get trained up and become better fighters. So that's probably why Squirtle can beat a four-armed wrestler like Machamp. Or Actually, that Machamp, what, you watched it on rental. I presume when Machamp came out, he only appeared like out of the Pokeball once. Yeah, yeah, which one was Machamp? Let me just Google what that looks like. The four-armed one that Squirtle fights in the opening battle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well originally when i saw that in cinemas when i watched it on video the pirate cheat sends out i'm not googling his name he's just pirate cheat to me <laughs> he sends out machamp and we see it come out and be sent out and then immediately after they show that image again of him being sent out oh. and it seemed like oh this must be an aesthetical choice but it was it was corrected to only seeing the pokemon be released once in 2012 so that was a mistake, which was in the film for over a decade, and oh they didn't God. bother to sort it out for that long. <laughs> they cut so much, but they didn't cut that. <laughs> nope. That's so funny. Four kids were just like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> no one, no one, kids are stupid. No one knows. Oh, fucking four kids. Um, so was Mew a character before this movie? Yeah, um, Mew's an odd one, because originally you had, they told you there's 150 Pokemon, and Mewtwo was the last one. And then when the movie came out, they started, well, before it comes out, they were saying about, oh, yeah, there's Mew, and he's the 151st. And so they were heavily marketing on Mewtwo fighting his original, and that's, that was going to be the battle of the century or whatever they were marketing as. Mm. So Mew was known, at, known, and Mew was hinted at in the lore of Mewtwo's history, but it wasn't until like the film was coming out that they were promoting him more and made him an official part of the Pokemon canon. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. 
And nice. since th- since then, Mew's been a popular part. Like with Detective Pikachu, I remember Bill Nye saying about how Mew is his favorite Pokemon. And yeah, so you called him like elegant or something like that. He is. Mm. It's adorable. Was that in movie or? No, that was in an interview <laughs> afterwards. Ah, <laughs> I haven't seen Detective Pikachu. It's, it's it it is good, much better than it has any right to be, and yeah. it's very very good film to introduce to people who are Pokemon agnostic. Yeah. Because mm. it's not. It's not in continuity. It's not about Ash or the games. It's very much its own part of the world based on a lesser known spin-off game in the Pokemon franchise. Yeah. Aww. Is Mew in it? They, I don't think Mew's in it. They make references to it. Mewtwo does appear because Ooh. he's he's such a popular character, popular favorite that yeah. uh, you can you can not do it. It's uh. I'm honestly I can't remember if Mew's in it. Um, I it's been a bit since I've seen the film. Um, yeah, that's. Good. I would recommend it though. Nice. Yeah, I'll check it out. Amazing. Um, yeah, much better in places than I expected. Mm. As confusing as I expected in places. That's very fair. A solid first outing. That I think, yeah, suffers from what could have been. Yeah, it's. When you understand that <laughs> how much four kids really fucked about with it, it mm. does feel very much of you could have been better. Yeah. But but it is it is quite good and decent for yeah. what it is. I must... It really is. It's it's solid. And I think if I had to take children to see it in the cinema, I wouldn't be sat there like, oh um, I'd like have a good time. And and I read somewhere that like the origin story as well really breaks down for the parents in the audience like what is a pokemon what like what is happening here like how does this world work which i think would be useful because it is a bit sort of like wait what um when you first come to it but yeah that would have been helpful can i ask (laughs) um can i ask do you have a favorite pokemon uh yes and like that woman there was a um what is it called the like the, there was the, the the woman at the at the on New Island, who um, she was like, these are all of my Pokemon, and it was like the pony that's on fire, the like beautiful white fox that has like nine tails, the like seal that's like, rawr, rawr. um, those are my favourite. Uh, <laughs> do you know their names? Nope. <laughs> Okay, the pony on fire is called Ponyta. Nice. Ponyta. The what was the next one? The fox the with fox. nine tails yeah. is called Nine Tails. Amazing. <laughs> and the seal one is called Dugong, but it evolves from a Pokemon called Seal. Ah. <laughs> so you're very close with the names there. <laughs> yeah. I liked Vulpix as well that was the one that brock had Vulpix is a little cute such a cutie and i assume nine tails comes from a voltix Vulpix. Vulpix. Uh, that yes that's what they just look like they belong yeah she had all the like cutesy girly pokemon whereas like another guy had all of the like water pokemon and then another guy had all of the like weird pokemon so yeah as a kid not knowing much about pokemon and just having like seeing the cards every now and then i'm i'm like that's adorable 
that's adorable that's beautiful like if i had a plush of it i'd much rather have like dugong than jinx or cloister like <laughs> i don't want a plush of jinx thank you i don't think anybody would but then <laughs> but then the great thing about pokemon is there's so many out there that every little pokemon's going to have its own fans yeah. so so whatever your own favorite is it's not like there's a right or wrong answer because yeah. every little one is just as valid as as the other definitely and they'll all be appealing for various different reasons like i quite like all the fire-based ones because i'm like a sagittarius or whatever um, you can like link it to like your hogwarts house and your horoscope like <laughs> it's just one of those things isn't it so what's your favorite um, mine's from the second generation. It's called Umbreon. It's um, I there's a Pokemon called Eevee who in the first gen Eevee. who, yes, it's they expanded more evolutions for it in the second generation, and oh. um, they had a pretty much light and day night and day system to evolve him into one or the other, and Umbreon's the nighttime one. It's called the Moonlight Pokemon, and it's my favorite Pokemon. I actually have a tattoo of it on my arm. No way! Oh, I bet that's adorable. Oh, look at it. Oh, it's so cute. It's wonderful. And I also have a lot of love for Bulbasaur, who's the little cabbage dinosaur yeah. Ash has. <laughs> cabbage dinosaur, yeah. Ah, Yeah, because you start off with those three, don't you? Charizard, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. Yes, those three. Um, uh, Charmander, technically. Charizard's the last evolution. Oh. Yeah. Sorry to be a pedantic dickhead. So. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that's valid. I was like, eh. Yes, because that's more like a little dinosaur, whereas Charizard is like a dragon. Mm. Um, yeah, he's very much dragon-like. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, that's good. That's nice to know because I, w I was under the impression that the original 150 were the like, that was all you needed. No one talk about any later generations. Um, They ruined Pokemon. But that's nice to know that there are still some really nice, quite iconic... Like, I, I do recognise um, Umbreon. Um, oh, you get plenty of people like that who are, like, <laughs> full-on deep into their nostalgia, thinking 150 is all there is, and after it, it was the ruined designs. Like, some of the most popular Pokemon nowadays were from later generations as well. Oh. Like, there's this one called, from a two generations back, called Mimikyu who's pretty much this Pokemon who's so so in love with uh, with Pikachu and how everyone loves Pikachu that it designed itself to look like Pikachu because it wants to be loved as much. Oh, my God. I think I remember someone saying that they needed to, like, come up with a new Pokemon and they were really trying to rival the love that Pikachu has and they ended up going with this, like basically like shit cosplay pikachu as a pokemon it's adorable oh my god look at it it's trying so hard so that's hard. the point of it because the pokemon is trying to do its own cosplay because it wants Aww. to it wants what pikachu has it wants that affection and that popularity oh my god it's so cute it's so cute oh so is the anime still going on yeah i don't know if they're ever going to stop it but Oh. Ash is still traveling. It's been a while since he's is actually he's... traveled with Misty and Brock, but still him and Pikachu, and he's always has a new somebody new to travel with. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Is, is he still like eleven? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the art style 
made him look much younger now so it's a bit oh. jarring because yeah. they changed animators and okay. but it is it is still a bit vague as to what he actually wants with being the greatest pokemon master because he's clearly not interested in catching everything he's um he's a good battler when the plot requires him to be mm. and but it is still very much you want him and pikachu this is exactly what you get and it's what you want really yeah and team rocket's still around oh perfect that's yeah ideal that's all you want um and of course, the closest we ever came to world peace. Can you get Mewtwo, Mew, Mimikyu? Can you get all of these on Pokemon Go? You can, yeah. Um, Mimikyu might not be out yet. Sometimes they drop like Pokemon from further generations in earlier than they sh- than for some reason. But Mewtwo and Mew, you can get through quests and what they call raid battles, which is where a load of people get together to defeat a super powerful pokemon and they each catch one nice mm. so there is a nice little group aspect to working together that the game is incorporated and they've actually incorporated that into um the latest core series games oh, amazing mm. so that's a nice little response to what worked yeah yay so they can do some stuff right <laughs> just don't say your stuff to four kids <laughs> <laughs> I think awesome. I don't think they've been the pop with four kids since 2006 or something. Nice. Like Pokemon Company are just like, no, we'll do this our own way, and yeah. it's worked for them. Yeah. Nice. Hooray! Yeah. No, I just like I was completely taken aback with how fucking heartbreaking the uncut Mew story was. I was just gonna try and like get it in quick so I knew what I was talking about, and then I was she was like, remember Mewtwo life is important why do you have to go i don't know but i do goodbye i was like <laughs> and he's like amber and you're like no no she's like 11 um yeah ridiculously heartbreaking so no wonder four kids were like <laughs> no no <laughs> not happening um, but no, it's solid. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. You've come of come away to embracing these films since you didn't like Pokemon <laughs> 3. Since Pokemon 3, which I think I said in Pokemon 2, which I can still remember. Like, I, I really enjoyed Pokemon 2 and I really enjoyed Pokemon 1. So I wonder if I went back to Pokemon 3, whether I would like it or whether it is just bad and I'm a film genius. Like, who's to say? <laughs> See, I had watched it for the first time since our last conversation and... I think it's a really good Pokemon film. It's oh. actually really emotional and I have some thoughts about how it ends, but I do think it's a really good Pokemon film. Well, we'll have to do a redo. It'll be our first redo. We'll come back and do Pokemon 3. Oh, hell yeah. I'm up for that. I think I need to revisit this because film is an evolving art and sometimes you'll watch it and you'll hate it and then you'll watch it again and you'll love it and that's okay. Very well spoken. <laughs> yeah, always give things a second chance. <laughs> Here on Why This Film, we believe in that. <laughs> Are there any films you wouldn't give a second chance to? Um, He's just not that into you. I did actually see that in cinemas with friends, and <laughs> uh, I remember Scarlett Johansson breaking a 
vase or vase or something or a glass. I don't remember a lot of that film, and yeah, I think I, uh, I'm all right like that. It's one of the three movies I I turned off halfway through, and I've never. Ooh. Yeah, only three movies I've never finished. May I ask what the other two are? Yeah, so it's that one. It's the Chronicles of Riddick. I've not seen that. I've yeah. heard even Pitch Black fans say it's shit. Yeah. Um, and the third one is Blade Runner, the original. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. There was a fucking horrible rape scene, and I was like, you know what, Harrison Ford? I'm fucking done. You were already you were... Not, yeah. not getting me on board, and now this is, like, too fucking fun. I don't give a shit if you're a robot or not. I've watched his fucking whispers in the raindrops monologue on YouTube. I don't need to finish this. Goodbye. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's a really out of place scene in there. And it's, it's they never awful. drag him no, up for it. And like, I assumed that they wouldn't. And like, it's so high. It's one of those like massively highly regarded movies that people like fucking fawn over. And I'm just like, no. Like, as a woman watching this, I'm not finding any enjoyment from it. And that, I'm not speaking for all women here. Like, already I'm not a massive sci-fi person. Already I'm not a massive Harrison Ford person. And I was just like, I don't care about Harrison Ford's character. He's a twat. And now he's just raped that woman. Like, slash robot. Like, like no. <laughs> Oh, that film had already enough strikes for you going in before you got to that horrible scene. <laughs> Literally. Um, so it really had to try hard to keep my interest, and it didn't. So I was no, like, that's bye, fair later. enough. <laughs> bye forever. Well, there's plenty of films out there you could be watching instead of exactly. one which disrep- which you don't like. So, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> nice. Yay! Thank you so much for coming back on um, for Pokemon 1. We'll have to finish the trio with Pokemon 3 in future. Um, Do you have anything to plug? What are you up to these days? Yes, I do. Um, If you want to follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd, I'm at RoddersJ04. I write my reviews, articles, link my podcast appearances, whatever, at thereviewingrodders.co.uk. And I'm actually part of a little podcast group called Invasion of the Potty People, which is like a monthly magazine show where we talk about news, make some recommendations, have a bit of discussion. And that can be found under Snakebite Horror. And yeah, check it out. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. This has been thank fun. You. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I'll put all of the links in the description below, so make sure to check them out. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll see you next time on Why This Film. Bye! If you're a fan of Why This Film and would like to support the show, head to iTunes and leave a five-star review. Why This Film also has a Patreon from £3 a month where you have access to early episodes, bonus material and much more. You can find that at patreon.com forward slash Why This Film Podcast. Why This Film is on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and you can email into us at any time at whythisfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Hi Stephen. Hi, Emily. How do you feel about doing a podcast series looking at the film career of Barbara Millicent Roberts? Mm, I don't 
believe I know her. What kind of movie is she in? Oh, well, the movies are full of action, adventure, strong female characters, important messages for children, literary adaptations, rotoscope, original musical numbers, and quite often some ballet. She currently has 38 titles to her name, with more on the way, including a live-action vehicle. Well, that sounds really interesting. In a Barbie world, coming soon to the Why This Film platform. Wait, what? Barbie? New episodes every Thursday. 